Hello, and welcome to episode 49 of the Carrier's Edge podcast, our last episode before we go on summer break, and the last episode that will feature this opening music, I so declare. Oh. I'm Mark Morale, co-founder of Carrier's Edge, and joined with me, joining me today, <laughs> and joined, joined with at me, the hip yes. is Jane Jazrawi, the other co-founder of Carrier's Edge. And we're back after a minor technical glitch. <laughs> Poor equipment. The mic stand yes. falling in my lap. Which I will edit out completely so nobody's even going to know that anything happened. Yeah, that's so that's true. But it gives us a little they warm can, up. And they can imagine some massive technical glitch that took a long time, many days of <laughs> grinding and pounding with tools to fix. Hey, you know what? I thought we took a break. Didn't we just take a break? Didn't we just have a last episode? Oh. Oh, this was really the last episode. No, but there was an episode. Oh, maybe it was last summer. Or maybe. maybe. I don't know. I might have said that on the last one. But then I thought, well, this is episode 49, and that'll be a lovely place to stop because then we can start in the in fall. Episode 50? Episode 50 okay. with new theme music. It's going to be fabulous. It's going to be great. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> All right. I didn't mean for that to be so funny. <laughs> oh, it's apparently, just the way you said it. It's going to be great. It's going to be fabulous. I promise. Apparently the prospect of me doing new theme music is quite hilarious. No, actually, I'm looking forward to you doing new theme music. Okay. I really like the theme music that you did for the video. So. Yes. I'm very happy with that as yeah. well. And I actually can still go back and listen to it. And you and don't not hate, hate it? it. You know that it's yeah. a good one. Except that nobody really pays attention to the music. Um, no, but they would pay the attention to the music if it was bad. Yeah. For example, True. on that morning show that we're always watching, <laughs> they have, bad theme I music swear that music, it's not their theme music, but they have this section where they're showing the weather and they basically have this background music. And I swear it sounds like the old fashioned Casio organs where you get, or the electric pianos where they're the the ones from the 80s where you'd press a button, not a key, but one of the buttons, and then it would give you a beat. Yeah. And it would be like a little bit of organ and a little bit of drums, yeah. but like not real drums, electronic garbage. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. And I'm like, why are they playing that? Yeah, because they just they, got a bed track and they haven't cut the rest I, of it. Like they turned off one of their channels or something. Did somebody tell them? Do you yeah. think they know? I think they're experimenting with different ones because every time they do that weather, they play a little bit of different music. But the lad, this week has been that weird. This has been the week where electronic I guess the weirdness. management is on vacation and the interns are experimenting. Or management doesn't know how to do it. So. <laughs> interns are on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? But yes, okay. we will we'll come up with something better than just an empty bed track. Or music, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay, now you've thrown off my train of thought. I was gonna, what was I going to talk about now? Ah, I did have... Three things to talk about today. Ooh, three actual agenda. subjects. Yes. I won't share with Bring you what all three of them are because you'll go off on a tangent on one of them in the wrong order, I'm sure. Uh, so I'm just going to dole them out piece by piece. They probably all have interlocking parts and that they I do. can connect That's why them. I want them to go in a certain order. Right. Okay. Bring so, it on. So the first thing that I thought would be good to talk about is... Building on the conversation that I know you were just having uh, with your team and something that we've talked about uh, before when looking at other people's 
content and looking at new developers and when they start working on content. And that is how people arrange things and the structure that they use. (laughs) And that sort of ties into the differences between the way the corporate e-learning world works and the way we do things. Mm. So we were talking in a a staff meeting yesterday, talking about the differences between the corporate world of e-learning, where it's generally all project-based. So people are given a specific subject, they're giving the bulk pile of content to work from, and then they create an outline that shows how they're going to make that content flow, which they don't spend a lot of time on the flow, but they do spend time figuring out how to stick in all the pieces they need to put. And then they build a storyboard, create the course from that, and then they push it live and then they're done with it and they never think of it again. Mm -hmm. And even when they're doing the outline and storyboard stages, they generally will go through one or two reviews with the business owner or business unit leader, the uh, client or whoever it is that's asked for this training. And during those edits, really people are just looking for technical accuracy and grammatical errors. yeah. Yeah. And is the imagery accurate or is like, are there technical issues with the images and things? And they miss a whole section of uh, training design that is really important, which is what is the structure? What is the order of the stuff being introduced? Yeah. And what is the uh, uh, what is the story that you're telling with this? So I thought it would be good to talk a little bit about that because you have a very specific way of approaching it. You often find people when you're looking at their material, you often find the same problems over and over again. Mm -hmm. And the biggest one that I heard you talk about is that they have the overview at the end. (laughs) Yes, it is very common for people to work through their content. So if you are saying, um, you know, I have to teach these five concepts, and you don't know these five concepts. And sometimes you do know them, but you're so like it, you know them so well that you, you can recite them in your sleep. So you're writing, you're writing this course about these five concepts and you get to the end. And in your conclusion, you tend to have all of those concepts in your head and you see all the connections between these, between these concepts. And so you write a beautiful um, overview of what all, how they all fit together. You call it a summary, but it's really an introduction. Yeah, because what you want to do in an introduction is have kind of, not a teaser, but you want to give the people the big picture. You want them to say, you want them to have an idea of how you're going to progress through this content. And the best way to do it is to show them that big picture and to show them the like all of the concepts intertwined and then tell them I'm going to tell you more about all of these five concepts as we go in the next hour but right now this is this is sort of the end game this is your destination that you're going to get to so um and I think that part of it is because when you're when you're constructing a course you're actually learning it as well Especially mm-hmm. if you've never used, you've never you've never considered the subject matter, so you don't have to be a subject matter expert to create a course. But however, you do, and if you're not, you have to teach it to yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you when you progress through the content at the end, you've taught it to yourself, and so that's when you naturally want to say all the things you learned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but those are those things that you should 
be starting with because that's what you're going to teach. People very rarely will go back to the beginning of a any piece of content and rewrite it to to fix it. Like, because you can do that. Mm-hmm. Like, just you can write all those five things and think, okay, now I learned it. Now I have this wonderful summary. The only step that people don't do is they don't go back to the beginning and think, how can I make it easier for the learner at the beginning to give them the whole viewpoint, the the mm-hmm. ten thousand foot view. And when you're doing um, when you're doing content for as a consultant, when you're doing, or even even if you're an internal training person, when you're doing that content, you often don't have the time, and your subject matter expert or your SME doesn't know. Yeah, they just know the. They don't that. know, and so they're just going to be saying, "Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. That's correct." And then they'll look at you. Well, they may or may not read your summary at the end. They're just because they assume that it's just repetition. So what I look at is how is it all flowing together? And you need to basically introduce this at the beginning or um, something that's motivational should be at the beginning. You shouldn't motivate people at the end of your course. You should motivate them at the beginning of the course because you want to motivate them to to actually want to go through the content. So it's, it's, it's basically, it's a development problem because the people who you're developing for don't know that this is an issue. And many people in a corporate uh, e-learning job or in a consulting space aren't getting reviewed by other instructional designers or by senior people who are thinking about that kind of thing. So they are... They may have a project manager who runs through it uh, just to check for grammar and typos and make sure there's no obvious problems before submitting the work for review. And then the outside reviewer is just looking for technical accuracy. They're not looking for context or flow or does it tell a story logically? Does it excite people? Any of those kind of things. So nobody ends up looking for that. No, and they don't look for the aha moment um an example um that we had uh, a couple of days ago with i i saw some rough work from one of my new ids who had a great picture this picture was amazing and this happens so much is that you get inspiration from a picture Hmm. and there's so much content just in that picture that but you think of it as an illustration not Hmm. the content right you should think of that as the content. You think if of that you as supporting are, it. If you are inspired by a picture, why are you inspired by that picture? And what, you know, what can you get out of it? Maybe the idea, in this case, the idea was talking about um, the definition of um, sedentary. And I didn't realize that there was not only a definition of sedentary, of like being sedentary, sedentary, but there were effects on your body. Hmm. And so there was no mention of that in the, in the text of what I was looking at, but it was just this picture. And I was like, no, that picture, that picture. So that's the kind of thing that you want to keep an eye out for is if there is a picture that has amazing information in it, you probably should be spending time on that information. So it's kind of a clue. Um, That's an interesting point because a lot of people start 
thinking about creating training in terms of words and writing words. Mm -hmm. And a lot of instructional designers are writers. They may come from a a journalism or technical writing background, but it's word focused. It's not imagery. And even now I'm thinking about it, sort of the subject matter experts that we see in like trucking fleets or whatever, the safety people, risk people at the insurance companies or whatever that are subject matter experts. When they're in a position where they're creating content, the first thing they do is write it down, start writing words. And sometimes they just go nuts and they have a million words on a PowerPoint slide. Sometimes they just have a few words as bullets and things, but they start with words. They don't start with imagery. They don't start with visuals. Um, I don't. Yeah, it's kind of a weird, it's, it's odd because most of your references are going to be in words. Um, Regulatory stuff, yeah, yeah, is coming from words. But even even other content is going to be mostly words. Well, if you think about sort of safe driving stuff, that really is all visuals. It's uh, positioning, yeah. you know, the, the setup, like mirror adjustment mm-hmm. is all visuals. And you can have words that support it, but a great picture, like what you're saying for sedentary uh, definition, uh, a great picture on mirror adjustment will do more than this a lot is, of words will. This is true because the most impactful thing that you can do when you're teaching people mirror adjustment is show them what the proper positioning is when you're looking at the mirror. Mm -hmm. And so many people will describe how it should look. The, The fact that you are supposed to be able to see the side of the truck all the way to the back and see the wheels and blah, blah, blah. But they don't just show a diagram Mm -hmm. of that. Whereas in our course we show, we explain it and we also show, you know, what it's supposed to look like Mm -hmm. because that's way more powerful than doing all this description and it's going to be way easier to apply it to the real world because when you're looking okay does this look like what the diagram did yeah all right i'm good rather than what would those all those words look like in the real world and how can i transfer that into my job it's 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 something that you can do with practice that you can get into um it's and sometimes it there's almost no way to show something visually and what I tend to do with that is I will actually write notes visually. So I will have a clipboard mm. that shows note taking. So what the important points are out of this, this page. So you get a visual and it is to do with the content, but it's not symbolizing the content. Like sometimes you just can't find something that symbolizes the content. Sure. And, oh, you know, and sometimes you want to do a diagram. You want to do, you know, you have a circle uh, flow charts or, you know, like when we're, I'm doing drug and alcohol stuff. So I have the process of the steps of how you go through an alcohol test, that kind of thing. And, you know, you can start with writing words. I don't have an issue with that, but, um, I think I'm just practiced in how to, you know, add a visual or see what a visual can do or what a good visual is versus not so effective. It really is just doing it. And, and I, I guess that kind of comes to the point that it isn't necessarily a problem to start with words. It's a problem when you start and end with yes. words. Yes. Or if you don't look at the word, if you don't read the words like you haven't read them before. 
So read what you wrote. And sometimes you have to put it into a, a different format. So I used to, when I was first starting out, I was printing out documents like crazy. I killed so many trees. <laughs> and all I would do is read the, read the stuff that I had written as a printout. Hmm. Or what you can do now is send it to your tablet. Yeah. Read it there. Go and look at it there. Look at it backwards. Look at it just, you know, does it make sense? So when I've written a course, sometimes I will do the QA starting from the end. So you mm. start at the end of the course and flip backwards through the pages and you start to see different ways. Like you can start to see the confusing parts. That's weird. You go backwards. It's just another way to look at it. I mean, you know the content, you know what's on every page. So you're not learning it at that point. You've already put it online. So what you're doing is a, is a check. Does this look like it's in the right order? Hmm. And you, it doesn't always help, but sometimes it does. Or I, you know, I notice, oh, this is, a, this is one of the things I hate is you go through a course and in the review, there's new information. Oh Yeah. And good, good information. And it's the same thing that you've you've gone through this whole process of learning this content and now you you're you kind of know it at the end. So you add a little bit of insight and you're like, oh, that insight is amazing, but it should be on page three. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I guess going through it backwards, you would catch that because everything that you see in the first page you're reviewing, which is the end of the lesson, should be addressed elsewhere later mm -hmm. on. And quiz questions are really um, that's another thing. Have you taught that content? Yeah. Yet. <laughs> or is that new content? Are you giving new content content in the feedback area of the question? That yeah. is also a big no-no. And it's, you know, it doesn't happen all that often, but every once in a while I'll be like, hey, wait a minute. this You haven't taught this yet. Don't make people answer a question about it. Mm. That's it. And people really don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> no one is interested in that. Well, yeah, you can't learn. Like your mind is thinking, okay, I'm testing my knowledge. Well, where is this information from? Why are you saying this? We haven't covered that. Yeah. And, and sometimes, and it's for all writing, right? So if you're writing a blog or if you're writing an article, you always want to think about that structure. And it may not be exactly the same as teaching, but that whole intro part, mm -hmm. your intro should almost be written last. So you should have an idea about it. Like if you don't know what you're writing and you're just, so you just start writing like, you know, I'm going to write about uh, the brake safety blitz that the CF CVSA is doing at the end of August. We're going to write about that. Um, so you start writing about all the things that they're going to look for in when they're checking the brakes. And so you finish that article and then go back to the beginning and think, well, okay, so why should people read this article? What am I trying to say? Mm-hmm. And then you can put in a, you know, something that's a good introduction to, to what you're saying. Something's going to catch people's eye and not just be a meandering through content that may or may not have a point. Well, it's kind of like the opening scene of a movie or the cold open on a show. Yeah. You know, it, it has to grab you and bring you in, set the tone for the thing, let you know what you're going to be uh, seeing, set your expectations and give you a reason to continue. And when you do your LinkedIn articles, you do that for sure. You have like an opening and sometimes your opening doesn't actually seem like it fits with the rest of your article. And so it's a really good sort of like, okay, I've talked about this, but actually I'm going to talk about this and see how they're related. Ha ha ha. I'm so clever. 
Sometimes it does not work, though. Those Sometimes it's like two different things. They're like, no, they don't connect. <laughs> those are the times when I've wanted to write about something. And then it's like, OK, I've got to turn this into a work story. <laughs> so how can I connect this to something at work? Is that how you did your Rush article? Uh, no, actually. No, that I was thinking about all of the sort of business lessons. And we have so many conversations about it. And it's stuff that I just sort of naturally... Uh, think or naturally follow a certain path uh, because of all of those lessons that I've learned. And we talk about it because you have not gone through that experience and and learned those lessons. So I realize, okay, there's a lot of stuff that I just take for granted because of that. Mm -hmm. So I should write about it. And it worked. But you reminded me earlier talking about the words and getting them right and, uh, Another thing that I see that always tells me that uh, content creators are really only focused on the words is when they get to the end and they're particularly when they're creating e-learning, not so much with classroom stuff, although that is an issue as well. But with the e-learning, they put their content into their page or their scene or whatever tool they're using, whatever language it uses to describe it. And then they realize, oh, got to have a visual here. (laughs) can't just have a full screen of text got to have a visual all right well let's just go find some random picture that's the first thing that we see that even remotely relates to some word on this page slap that in and move on yep that just drives me nuts the picture just for the sake of a picture yeah and pictures i mean it's hard it's really hard and I struggle sometimes with what pictures to use and I do this, you know, every day and, and pictures are a big part of my job, graphics just in general. But sometimes, you know, like if I'm at a real loss, sometimes I'll just use words as the picture. Hmm. So that's where in some of our intros, the entire introduction movie is just words, words that relate to that topic. Mm-hmm. And because the words are moving and because they all relate to the topic and because there's music underneath it, I can use words as art. Yeah, but that's also different because that is, you're not trying to introduce content or illustrate content. You're just trying to have a little bit of a, a zippy entertaining bit at the beginning. And yeah, you're able to turn it into art. But sometimes there are some concepts where there are a lot of words that when people first see that, there can be a lot of words they don't understand or don't understand the mm-hmm. context of. So it is kind of establishing, okay, here are the things that we're going to be focusing on. At the end of it, when you go back and see those things, they all make sense. So some tips to find an image for something that you don't know what the hell to use is do a Google image search for the mm-hmm. word or for a concept. Yes. And also do a search in a stock library. So even if you don't buy the the stock image, you get some ideas. So iStock Photo is really good because they do have a lot of illustrations as well as photographs. If you, um, so for example, sedentary. Do a search for sedentary and look in Google Images, not in the Google, um, the regular Google. And there's going to be whole whack of images that other people have thought of to go with sedentary. And then if you go to a stock library, there's tons of them. So Adobe has a stock library. There's dreams time there. If you just look up stock libraries, then there's going to be a whole whack of them. So there's free stock libraries and there's just, um, there's just a whole 
bunch of ideas that you can use, that you can steal. I mean, if you know how to recreate a diagram in PowerPoint, then you can use that if you know how to use. Um, yeah, that, that's the trickiest part sometimes is figuring out how do I want to illustrate this? And I have that challenge sometimes with my LinkedIn articles. I've written a story about something and I'm thinking, what visual goes with this? Yeah. So sometimes I will do that. I'll just go and do a Google image search on a phrase, you know, that is sort of a, a thematic representation of the story and see what other people are doing for ideas. And uh, often there'll be a whole bunch of things that are useless and you have to go down quite a ways Five before you start Five pages in, things. yeah. But then you'll start getting some things that are kind of creative. And I usually that will push me to search on a different phrase. Mm-hmm. It's kind of related. And then, okay, well, that kind of takes me in a different direction. And sometimes I have to go three or four phrases in before I f- figure out what I want a visual on and also what I think I can get a good visual of. Then I go to a stock library or I may mock it up myself or we may have some imagery already that works for that. But that can be the challenging part. So that's something that I see a lot of people missing. And when I figured out to do that, it really helped a lot. Just type in a phrase. Don't go and look for picture of man sitting on bench. Go just do a search of um, happy yep. or something like that. Happy man park outside. Happy man outside. There you go. Yeah. The other thing is, is if you are doing training specifically on a technical topic. So, you know, if you have your own training on how to do a, an inspection or how to use a forklift or, you know, whatever safety precautions you have, like, um, like a pallet jack or something like that, take some pictures of it. Oh, for sure. Take some pictures. Do not just have bullet points in PowerPoint. You have the freaking equipment Take a picture of it. If you want someone to do an inspection in a certain way, take a picture or a video of how to do it and put that in your training. I implore everyone, use way more pictures than you do. Digital pictures are not expensive anymore. You can take them with your camera. You can take 50 million pictures. Uh, It's funny because that is one of the limitations of stock photography. And we were talking about that yesterday, you know, the conversation comes up about why don't we use stock libraries or why don't we have subscriptions to the standard training stock libraries uh, that other people use to grab a whole bunch of stock photos. Part of it is that a lot of those stock photos are the kind of garbage I was just talking about. They're just sort of generic metaphor things that aren't smiling women with headsets on. Yeah, or like a random set of dice or something, yeah. or like these cheesy metaphors for different things for teamwork and communication oh, and all oh. that. Uh, <laughs> but even if you look at people, uh, you know, you can go and get people, and now more and more you can get stock photos of people that look like regular workers in the transportation sector. They're not just hipsters in suits uh, at their downtown cafes like it used to be. So you can't get that. But even if you find somebody that looks good, one of the challenges is do you have enough expressions of that person? And you were talking about that uh, yesterday. I thought that was really interesting that it's a challenge because you may get two thirds of the way through your content and realize that this person is great, but there isn't enough expressions. They're only happy. Mm -hmm. They don't look good. Like what you want is people to look confused. You want people to look 
annoyed because at the beginning you want everybody to have the same frustration, you know, like, I don't understand this. How do I do this? So you have a picture of a frustrated person if you're going to use a character anyway. And, and then you gradually go to, at the end, they're happy because they understand and everything is lovely. But I can only, um, it's very, very difficult with stock images to get the type of person who looks like they could be a driver to be all of those different expressions. <laughs> and dressed like they would might be a driver. It's not like drivers look a certain way, but they're not dressed in suits. They're not, they don't yeah. have They're beautiful, not wearing dress shirts and dress pants. Yeah, work. and they're not all slicked back. And they're, and not, they're not wearing dress shoes, shiny they, dress shoes. Yeah, they're not wearing high heels. <laughs> so you're not driving in a high heel. Like people do not wear safety shoes in stock photos. No. So... I have started, you know, looking for a very specific type of person who's wearing specific type of clothing and they have to, I have to have a specific shot of them. And I've, and I've found a bunch of them. And also here's the other thing that is not going to end up be, I'm, I'm not going to end up seeing them in recruiting ads. Yeah. Seeing them everywhere else. Because other uh, um, people who do recruiting ads now understand stock photography and they're using like the four different sets of pictures that are done of truckers yeah. are being used by recruiters. Yeah, so the don't use woman with the blue plaid. Shirt. Yeah. Don't, don't I use saw that her. on a magazine cover today. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. She's popular. Yeah. Um, or the, the guy who could be Hispanic, could be South Asian or could be a white guy. Oh, that guy. Lighting. Yeah. Is he with he's his arm, arms folded guy? There's a couple of poses. Of and him, he's but kind of got that. a, he doesn't have a proper jacket on. He's got a vest type yeah. of thing on. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. See, this is the thing. If I, if I recognize these people, I don't, um, that's bad because when you're doing a recruiting ad, you should be using unique. Yeah photos and the best thing to do is take photos of your own yeah, drivers your own people and people come back to me and say yeah but what if that driver leaves and it's like well there's a couple of problems with that one is you heard somebody say that to you what yes. if that driver leaves yeah well treat them well so they don't leave why would they leave i don't know aren't you a great company what, to work for well this is the thing you know you never know why people leave so going to a stock photo that's in 50 different ads is a better solution uh, you know, I don't think so. Get one of your managers and put them in a safety vest yeah, in the truck. Exactly. There you go. That's a better option. Yeah. yeah. Or I think um, Central Oregon used to use Rick in, in their <laughs> ads because he used to be a driver. So they were, you know, because they're all uh, flatbeds and they were all like really tough. So they had these great pictures of them all, all standing there, men and women, standing there with their arms folded, looking really tough and that sort of grainy effect mm. on the, yeah, so it's that whole, you know, come and do flatbed because you mean it. Uh. And that wasn't their slogan. But anyway, they, so they used a person who was never going to quit, although he's since, he's not, not with Central Oregon anymore. Yeah. He's, his son is running it and he's in the parent company. Um, but, uh, that's, I think that there's creative ways to do it. Like you yeah. said, use the manager, uh, use a driver trainer. Driver trainers are probably going to be there for a while. Yeah. Um, use a group photo or, or use more symbolic things. Or like, also have more than one. Like yeah. you don't, don't do one picture of one driver and plan to use it for the next eight years. 
Again, if that driver yes. leaves, so do another shot. Yeah. It doesn't take a lot to do a photo and slap it in an ad. Yeah. So, actually, I was talking to somebody yesterday, uh, talking to uh, JS from Isaac Instruments, and we were uh, comparing notes on that very issue because they had the same thing where they got fed up. They were using um, photos and they got so fed up seeing everybody else using the same, the same photos, photos that they went and created their own library of stock images and they've made it available for free. So anybody else who wants to use it and he listed like, like three or four pictures that they were just so tired of seeing. And I recognize every one of them, you know, the green truck with the whooshing uh, lines behind it oh. uh, or greenish truck, the blue truck that is obviously a Werner truck with the logo removed. Uh, and he had mentioned uh, a couple of other ones and like some people as well. So they got so fed up, they just went and made their own library too, which is kind of what you're doing is yeah. going and, and doing custom photo shoots for these things uh, so that you can get all the expressions that you want. Well, not even that. I So I can get all the pictures of the equipment as well. Like I yeah. need to, you know, if I'm going to do a securement course, then I need yeah, to you can't have, just use generic photos. Like it's that just, hard. That it's just hard. makes for terrible content. When you've just got a generic picture that doesn't really relate to the content that you're talking about. Yeah. So it's there, you know, you have a magical combination of words, pictures, moving images, videos. And put it in the right order. Put it in. And it's funny because people think, people always think when, when they're talking about course development, they talk about the tool that you're using for the course development, like how it's. Because a lot of white collar e-learning has gone to a stage where people don't think about the stuff. They just dump it in articulate. Mm-hmm. And or they, iSpring presenter now. Yeah. And then they basically do the whole review process through those software applications because that it's been made so that you can do that. And I'm kind of, I guess I'm old school because I'm like, nope, decide what you're going to work on. I like decide what the content is going to be. And then you can, then you can put it in the, in the tool because, and it doesn't matter what tool it is. Yeah. The tool is really less important. The tool is like an afterthought. Yeah. Once you figure out the content and how you're going to present it and how you're going to tell a compelling story. Yeah. There's any number of tools that can do the job fine. We built our own because we have very specific needs. But if you're in a commercial situation, eh, any of them are fine. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can do, I could do e-learning and whatever. And it's, I don't even need to knew, know how to use it. I know what I want to end up with. So it's just going to be a matter of how do I do a drag and drop? How do I do a pop-up? How do I do, you know. How do I embed a movie or something? Yeah. Or how do I upload a picture? It's like everybody does the same stuff. It's just but how do I want to teach this? Yeah. And, you know, how many words do I want on the page? How succinctly can I talk about it? What kind of story do I want to be telling? You don't need to have people in your stories or you don't need to have people to tell a story. Um, we tend to do that because it, it works. But for a lot of courses that I've done, it's just been, you know, here are the steps. Here's a description of all the steps and what's in it for you. Hmm. So you can write like that as well. I would. I don't know if I would use characters, um, in process training necessarily, unless there was a really large change management part of it. And actually, that kind of comes back to what we were talking about yesterday: the difference between white collar e-learning and 
the blue collar, which is where we focused all of our attention for the last 15 years. But before that, we were doing sort of corporate e-learning and it's a very different approach. And it kind of starts with that fact that in the corporate world, you assume that people are hungry for that content and that they're going to go through it. So they want the knowledge. They want to go through that stuff because it's part of their career planning and progression. So they're going to take the content. You often don't have to set deadlines or anything. You just put the content out there and they go and grab it. And that's very different from safety stuff that is really it's more of a part of doing the job and you have to do it and it needs to be done by a certain day. So it, there's less of that kind of aspirational, you know, give me the dangerous goods course. I'm really eager to learn this. <laughs> I want to, I want to know how to plug her to truck. Yeah. Um, so it's a different approach and in the white collar world, you probably don't need to do as much of the character driven stuff. It is more of a, just the facts. You know, yeah. Give me what I need so I can get this and move on. Although I've seen a lot of stuff that has characters in it um, where it's been about uh, like more about demonstration. So sales demonstrations soft and things. Stuff, so yeah, soft sure. skills. You want to do that. And and I think that what I'm trying to do and and really the whole correct character thing came from you because you were making me do characters even when I didn't want to. Hey, that was Lily's thing. As I a was struggling through a day in the life. I was struggling with characters for a long time and I, I'm sort of getting the hang of it now, but I would much rather just write just the facts. But I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm it's much more a part of my process, but yeah, but you loved that stuff that Lily did back mm-hmm. in the day and um and so now we do it for everything. And we're now we're getting into multiple characters, so yeah. we have to have to have I, an ensemble. Course. I know. <laughs> like I think all characters. the characters that all the courses that we're doing right now, I'll have two characters, and it's the conversation they have between each other, which is also well, you doing drug and alcohol and workplace violence and sexual harassment and things like that and but, wellness and wellness, yeah. yeah. So it's like people talking to each other and giving each other advice and, you know, one person is confused and the other one has the information, blah, blah, blah. So it's not more of a, you are overweight, you have to diet, you have to eat these foods. Like the other, the character can be the person Mm. who has those problems. Right. And so it's not directed at specific people, which makes it a lot easier to take. Yeah. Um, Like a lot easier to ingest. Mm. Um, So anyway, that's... That is, uh, is that, did, did I go into a, one of your second points or? No, this is all what I wanted. Wow. To uh, actually, yeah, I did have a couple of other things that I was thinking of, but we don't really have time. <laughs> so I'm going to save one of those for later. Okay. And we will move on to one thing that we'll spend a couple of minutes talking about, which is amazingly, we are having this conversation in July instead of September, but Best Fleets is open. Here Yay! we are. Once again. Here we are. Didn't we just finish this? <laughs> and the answer is yes. Yes, we did just finish this. And yes, we we're starting it again. So the nominations uh, are open now. And we've got, I think, 30 or 35 people nominated so far. Uh, lots of returning people as usual and some new ones, which is always good good to see as well. I really have no idea what we're going to find when we start looking through it. 
do there is a bunch know. of fleets that I know are continuing to do things for their drivers. There's a core group of people that are adding things every year and they'll have the same stuff that they have every year, like nothing else is happening. So that is kind of uh, intriguing on its own. But I am also looking at what are people doing differently? You know, what, what have people done over the last four months mm-hmm. or so? And what are their plans for the next three to six months? So it is yes. going to be a very interesting endeavor. It's going to be a very COVID best fleets year. I think everything is a very COVID year. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. So I don't really have a whole lot to say about best fleets right now, except that we've already had a message about someone completing the questionnaire. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, I saw one. Yeah, it's only been one. I saw one that was 100% complete and <gasps> I was like, uh, 100% complete on the questionnaire. Did they submit? Uh, last I looked, they hadn't submitted. And I was looking at that and thinking they should not be because no. uh, they are definitely not, you know, they're not ready to. If they submit it, they're going to be one of the people after the webinar that say, yeah. oh, can I uh, yeah. um, submit that and fix it? We should probably, do we have something in the system about the webinar? No. We did have it in the press release announcing the opening, okay. but it occurs to me at this moment, as it probably just did to you, that we should actually schedule that webinar. We should, and we probably should probably schedule it for August. Uh, the press release said late August or mid-August yeah. or something like it's that. It's just so weird saying that because our dates are so uh. hard and fast all the time. It's like, oh, we'll do this in August. And it's like, usually what? we haven't even started usually yet. Usually August is when we put the press release yeah. together announcing the opening. But yes. It is so bizarre that everything is, every part of it is like two months early. So it is really uh, strange. It is. And Uh, unpleasant. Yes. Hopefully, just so everyone knows, if you feel that it's unpleasant, we feel it's unpleasant too. So Yeah. And if you haven't yet heard my rant about it, you will at some point over the next three months. After the rant of, you know, why the TCA convention is two months early. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, everybody well. looks forward to going to the suburbs of Nashville in the dead of winter. <laughs> That's my idea of vacation. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's nice when it's in the spring or the summer, but it's not that nice in the winter. Yeah. So. Exactly. If you want to go somewhere in January, go to Colorado or something. I'm not. It's so weird to be thinking of going anywhere right now. Yeah. Well, this is it. Now, realistically, is anybody going anywhere? It's uh, hard to know if anything's going to be happening in January. Yeah. But we are proceeding as if it is going to happen. And if the convention for some reason doesn't, we will certainly still be announcing our top 20 and we'll find a way to present the winners. Other people are finding ways to unveil winners during all of this. So we'll follow along with what other people are doing. Yeah. I mean, by that point, we will have had a number of different programs that have had to move things virtual. So there will be lots of options to consider and lots of examples to review when figuring it out. So I think uh, with that, we can probably wrap this up. Yeah, sounds good. So we are done for our uh, season. We can take a summer hiatus. Of three weeks. No, we'll be back probably end of August. We'll okay. come back. I know when Best Fleet starts going after the or webinar. September or something. Yeah, who okay. knows? It used to be that we would take the summer off for all of these things There's and then no go and off. grind it uh, in the fall. 
but since we didn't go anywhere for the spring, yeah, there's really not much to uh, not much to shut down. <laughs> so we've already been shut down. Yeah, the shutdowns now. have already happened. So anyway, we will return in the fall with a new slate of exciting ideas and news. Yes, and news and new theme music, and I'm sure it will be fabulous. Thanks for listening. Bye.